Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello, and thanks for joining us on another edition of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, September is National Suicide Prevention Month, a time for mental health awareness and organizations, survivors, and community members to unite in suicide prevention. With me today is the Vice Chair of the Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition, Claudine Descala. Thanks for joining us again today, Claudine. Thanks for having me. You've been on the show before, and you've done some amazing, wonderful work over the last year, and so I'm very happy to have you here to talk about it. Thanks. Uh, we've said this before, but let's talk a little bit about why you're so passionate about suicide prevention. So I lost an ex-boyfriend. Um, I was 20. He was 19. So it was, it was a long time ago. Um, but at the time, there was very little um, help available. There was very little awareness, um, not a lot of support, and a whole lot of stigma. So... That's why I'm involved. Things have definitely gotten much better um, since that time, but we have a lot of work to do. Yeah, we're still talking about it. And this month, it, we're talking about it even more. It's National Suicide Prevention Month. Um, there are several events organized throughout the month. Some have happened, some some, some haven't yet. Um, we need to talk about it and be aware of self-care and how to become more aware of our own mental health. You write a newsletter on behalf of Reach for Hope. Um, you sent one out for September. Tell us a little bit about that and, and what's in it. Yeah, I think um, this month being National Suicide Prevention Month, we're, we're um, focusing on going upstream in the process. So what is upstream? Um, it's it's getting, uh, getting help to people before they're in crisis. So um, really, we want to drill down to the heart of the matter, which is what are the feelings that people are having that is leading them to feel like they don't want to be here anymore. Um, and we know that um, we need to look for um, protective factors that can mitigate risk. So there's been lots of research and studies done, and we know some of those things are um building a sense of belonging, a sense of community, making people feel like they belong, um, el eliminating um, language that's stigmatizing and discriminating, um, <clears throat> building resilience in life skills and emotional, um, emotional resiliency. Yeah, and that's easier said than done sometimes, especially when people are really in a dark moment. Um, mm -hmm. But we need to keep reinforcing that. And I want to talk a little bit more about that later. But can you tell us about some of the events that have already occurred where we're, where we're supporting organizations and organizations are supporting this cause and, and what's already happened? Yeah, um, so um, we've already had um, National Suicide Prevention Week um, just ended. And, uh, the Utah tech 
college here had prevention week. Um, and I believe if you go to their web website, um, I think they still have a calendar of events for the whole month going on. Um, and then going forward, we have the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention has a Talk Away the Darkness campaign. Um, so if you go to AFSP.org, um, they've, uh, they've got their campaign up there, which, I, which has been running for a while. And they're, they're really teaching you how to talk to someone who you're worried about, someone who seems to be struggling, someone who's maybe not acting the way they normally do, how to start that conversation and how to carry it on. Um, and then we've got on September 23rd, we've got the AFSP Out of the Darkness Walk, which is um, our St. George Walk is going to be right here in Sullivan Park on that Saturday from 9 to 12, I think. Yeah, and we 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 also hear about National Pride Month, and that's a high risk group as well. Yes, um, people have, you know, there's different organizations such as In Circle here that that are working on events as well. So if you want to go to their website, that would work as well. Yeah, and you you want, you talked about <laughs> the national uh, the the Out of the Darkness Walk. Um, we had Sue McConkey, who's the organizer of this year's Watch Walk here in St. George. And she talked a little bit about things that she struggled with. And, and so if anybody wants to go back and look at her vodcast that we did uh, a few weeks ago, that'd be great. You can look at it at Reach for Hope Utah mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook or our website at reachforhopeutah.org. Mm -hmm. Now, Claudine, tell us about the importance of spreading this awareness that we can understand so that people can, can think about how to deal with their problems as you talked about resilience and stuff and how to stay out of uh, isolation for awareness. Yeah. So, um, so to term, uh, emotional literacy, um, so we really, we want to learn about ourselves. We want to get to know ourselves. We want to understand ourselves um, and be able to identify our feelings. You know, there's so many of us that we go through the day and we're up and down and we're happy and we're sad and we're frustrated and we're really not even paying attention to what we're feeling. So we want to be able to identify the feelings we're having and learn how to express them in healthy ways. Um, it's also involving uh, mood control and self-regulation. But I think something really important, especially in today's <laughs> day and age with all the anger and, and uh, frustration and things is learning how to create boundaries for yourself. Mm, that's so, a big one. <laughs> yeah. So you're really, the boundary is for you. It's not for anybody else. It's for you. So other people know how to treat you and what's acceptable to you and what's not. Learning how to say no, I think, is one of the hardest things that we can do um, if we're a yes man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like, one of my, my yeah. problems too. Is, yeah. And then I feel bad if I say no. Yeah. But you have to learn to set those boundaries if you're stressing at both ends of the, you know, burning both ends of the candle. Yeah. And we feel like we have to come up with some reason for giving the no. And we really, really don't right. have to say it, what right. the reason is. Just know that that won't work for me right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and besides that, you, you know, you have a survivors of suicide loss group that meets here in St. George. Tell us about that and mm -hmm. how difficult it is for people to maybe even show up for that, but how important it is to talk about your feelings such as yourself. You've lost a boyfriend over that some years ago, and it's probably was really hard to talk about, but, but I'm sure you've come to terms with that and other people have to learn to come to terms with that as well. Yeah. So that's sort of the other end of the spectrum instead of prevention, we would call that postvention. Mm -hmm. So once you've lost someone, 
um, your risk for suicide now goes up exponentially because you're in the throes of, of dealing with this and there's so much um, guilt involved. So you, you feel sort of personally responsible. So many people do feel that way. So um, I run a suicide law support group. It meets in town once a month, uh, the first Thursday of every month. I also have um, a Facebook group for it where I post reminders of the date and um, just helpful information. Um, but yeah, it is very hard for people to come in. I know there's a lot of people that want to, um, that get referred, that call me that, that text or email and they're, I'm planning on them coming and they don't, and I don't have any issue with that. I totally understand how hard it is to walk into a room of strangers and now pretty much talk about something that's so hard to talk about. But I will say for anybody thinking about coming, we all get so much out of it and you won't regret it if you come. Yeah. yeah. That's good to know. And, and good to feel <clears throat> like there's a, somebody just like you that's been through similar yeah. things. Because sometimes you can't talk to the people closest to you about that topic just because of the discomfort talking about it, the stigma that's still there. So, you know, you might want to turn to the people closest to you, but sometimes complete strangers who have had this experience can really help. And I imagine there's an uh, association of guilt there, even though there's probably not anything you could have done even if you did know the warning signs, mm -hmm. that guilt is probably still hanging like a cloud yeah. over your head going, what could I have done more or what could I have? And, and that goes to say, mm -hmm. how can you always prevent this? It is not always preventable in a way no. if a person has made up their mind, um, even though it might be a, just a false sense of security there. It's it's hard to put that into perspective. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's a sort of a slippery because this month is suicide prevention month. So the campaign slogans everywhere are suicide is preventable. And I'm, I would not say that it's not preventable. I think these campaigns are fantastic. They're absolutely raising awareness. The um, 988 number is excellent to have there. <clears throat> but sometimes when the campaigns say, well, here are the signs of, you know, know the signs of suicidal behavior, there's a lot of times there aren't any signs. So then what do you do? So I think the slogan suicide is complicated is a much more accurate way to um, sort of push that message out there because there are so many factors involved that sort of come together at the same time that cause someone to be in that position, in that crisis mode. Yeah, and to take their own life. And that's, that's, that's a tragedy, but... Yeah, well, it's a tough topic to talk about. Um, I want to go back to what you talked about earlier, and that was self-care. And many of us don't quite know what is normal <laughs> and self-care. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't feel normal most I, of the time. I don't even like that word, but I did put it in the newsletter. Um, but it's just, I guess it's just a conversation starter for us to think about for ourselves what is normal. So... Um, you know, everyone has bad days and sad times and some some depression or maybe it can go on for a few days or a few weeks or even a few months, especially if you've had something big happen to you. But I think what, you know, what when is it time that self, you can self-care yourself and help yourself and get out with people or get out in nature, but when is it time that maybe you need a little something more? 
So I think some of the questions to ask yourself is how much is this affecting my daily life? How much has my life changed? Mm -hmm. Am I having trouble concentrating? Have I lost my motivation? Do things that usually make me happy don't make me happy anymore? Am I having trouble getting out of bed? Sleeping. Yeah. Or sleeping at all. Or sleeping at all, right? Or am I sleeping the day away? Or so there's there's a lot of those questions that maybe it's time to to seek help and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and and so how can we find out more about ourselves and make mental health a priority? Um, there's a, there's something you put in your newsletter about understanding ourselves and giving us a few tips uh, about that. Yeah, um, I think it goes back to emotional literacy. It's really um, just learning. Um, about yourself. And there are so many resources that, that we can go to, um, on the internet, at the library, um, just to, to, to learn a little more about, you know, how are you feeling and what can you, what can you do about it? If you're starting to feel yourself slide a little, what, what do we do? Um, like maybe we want to stay away from things that drain us, things that we think are negative for us. Maybe it's the news. Maybe maybe you can limit news to 30 minutes a week because a lot of the news is repetitive. Um, you could um, get out of the house and change the scenery. You can really maybe know who, know who your people are and create that support system for yourself when you need it. Um, you know, and are you laughing at all during the day? <laughs> it's such a, smiling. a silly question, <laughs> but like, are you, do you have something that you just love to do? It's a hobby. Maybe it is your job. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's a sport. Um, what are you doing every day to bring out that, that laughter in yourself? I mean, sometimes you can, you can get on YouTube and watch some comedians, whatever it is, but know what you need to do for yourself. And if you don't know, just start thinking about it. Yeah. Go for a walk, take a hike, mm-hmm. find some new friends. Yeah. Um, that's harder, harder, harder to do if you don't make time for yourself. And I think that's yeah. important too, is making time for yourself to discover who you are mm-hmm. in the pursuit of happiness. Cause I think it all boils down to what is happiness, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we get kind of caught up in the things we have to do. Like we have to wake up, we have to go to school, we have to go to work, we have to cook dinner, we have to go shopping, we have to drive the kids. What, where are we in this? Who are we? Who and are we and where are we? What do we want? What do we want to do? And kind of a checklist of, oh, we got to go through the day and do all this to feel productive. Mm-hmm. Can there be a day where you just don't feel productive and you can just hang out and do whatever comes and not have a checklist? Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yep. I um, want to talk about a, a questionnaire that was put out, and I don't know who put this out, but it's a self-questionnaire that we can take time to look at to find out more about how we are doing. Um, tell us where we can find this and, and how does this work? So this is actually a diagnostic tool, um, and it's in the newsletter this month, which you can find on reachforhope.org, I believe, um, and a couple of other places. It's called the PHQ-9 questionnaire. Um, and it is um, a set of nine questions. Yep, there it is on the screen. It's a set of nine questions that you can kind of self-administer to yourself and score yourself. For example, one, 
Um, do you have little interest or pleasure in doing things? Are you feeling tired with little energy? Um, poor appetite or overeating? Are you feeling bad about yourself? Um, are you thought? Are you having thoughts that you would be better off dead or hurting yourself in some way? So you can score yourself and kind of get an idea of where you are. Are you just having some temporary issues or is this something where it might be time to reach out for some help? And so when that's scored, does it tell you what you can do or how you can do that? Tell us a little bit about the scoring process. The scoring is really just giving you a score from zero to 27. And then it's, um, it's telling you kind of where you are on the scale. Um, but then if, if it's, if you if it's telling you that maybe professional help might be needed, maybe even medication might be needed, um, then you would take the next step. And if, if you don't know where to go for help, Reach for Help has put together a go-to resource list um, that is also on our website. And it's broken up into many sections um, and in terms of crisis um, where you would go right into um, the the intake center. I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's... Crisis Stabilization yes, Center, yes, which would, I don't think is quite open yet, but it's on its way. But there's another one. Um, but it's, so it's got crisis um, help, and then it's got pages and pages of local therapists that you can call. Um, it's also got a lot of... Um, helpful telephone numbers for you. And um, then it's got also uh, the uh, postvention for people who have lost someone. It's got tons of resources there in terms of websites and support groups. And um, so it's got the local resources and the national and um, the postvention stuff on it. Yeah. So that's what you would do. And really at, at the, the top of the page I put, which I feel is so important if you're if you had a fever for more than a week or two, wouldn't you go to the doctor? Yeah. And this is no different. If you're feeling not yourself for a long time, there's no reason why you shouldn't call a doctor. Yeah. Now we're talking about as in you, but what about if you have a friend or a relative or a son or a daughter or somebody that, you know, you might not have as much control over <laughs> you can nope. have, you can have control over yourself but do you have control over other people how do yeah. we get them to uh, check out these resources or i don't for lack of better words coerce them to, to <laughs> say hey maybe maybe you should try this or that or maybe we should go together yeah. that, that all kind of stems with the QPR yes. question persuade and refer yeah. to for that help yeah it was one thing i've learned um at this point in my life is you can't coerce anyone to do anything ever. <laughs> so, right. so all we can do is make it known that we're there for them, that we're a support for them, that we're not judging anything that they're feeling and that um, whatever they need will help them. And I think that's where the QPR training comes in that Reach for Hope also gives, which is um, question, persuade, um, and refer. refer. Mm -hmm. So you're going to question the person in the kindest way you can. Um, and we are not professionals. No, I think it's important to say that we can only do so much. Um, and there are times where we have to refer that friend. We may want to say to them, would you mind if I helped you get to help? Would you like me to make this phone call to this therapist for you to set it up? Because sometimes they just can't do it themselves or they 
for whatever reason they can't. Um, and then um, you're, you're just basically persuading and referring them to go get that help. And I think part of what you said, it has to do with that stigma that's been out there for so long. If I call and ask for help or somebody, you know, if I go for help and somebody finds out about it, oh, I'm going to be ashamed of myself or I'm just, I'm a failure. But that's not the case. Like you said, if you have a fever, wouldn't you go to the doctor? It's like having a broken arm or a broken leg or, or, or going to the chiropractor, getting fixed. I mean, and it's kind of hard to fix mental health issues. You mentioned medication and there's all different kinds of things besides medication that can help. Talk a little bit about that and the resources that are available for, for help. Yes. And I'm not a doctor, but, um, there are medications you can use and sometimes medications don't work. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's something called TMS, transcranial, um, stimulation, um, which is using magnetic therapy to stimulate the parts of the brain that are uh, just not as active as they should be, which is what happens in depression. Um, so that has had a really good success rate in a lot of people. Um, there's different things like ketamine, um, which is an, works on another pathway in the brain. There's something called spravato, which works on another pathway in the brain. And I am not saying anybody should go do these things. I'm just saying they're out there to look into, speak with your doctor, um, and just try, try whatever you think works for you. But I think the biggest thing is, is mm. to make that first initial recognition and then try to be active or proactive and do something about it. Yeah. And, and that's the hardest part is taking that first step. But if you had somebody to hold your hand or to say, you know, Maybe you should loosen up a little bit or get rid of some of that stress in your life and maybe pick out what's important to you and what's really not or could be put by the wayside if you're getting to that stress level. Because a lot of it is caused by stress. It could be financial. It could be home mm -hmm. problems. It could be work. Uh, it, there's all sorts of things that can trigger uh, thoughts of, of, you know, wanting to take your own life. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And it's good to have a plan, right? First, right. you want to identify what are you feeling? And, you know, you can put together a plan. Um, I think that was a resource I put in a different newsletter that helps you actually put together a plan that works for you. Who am I going to reach out to if I'm feeling down on this particular day? Or, you know, what, what am I going to do? And I think there's, a bad day. yeah, and I think there's all sorts of apps out there, the safe UT app that can help get help for other people and, or yourself. Um, there's, there's a, there's a plan app, um, mm -hmm. so many resources. So where can they find this resource list that you talked about again, that you, so you helped put that together. There's a <laughs> yeah. lot of people on that list. Uh, yeah. it, it's an incredible list and, and where can they find out more about that? That list is posted on the, um, reachforhopeutah.org website. And, um, if you do get a copy of this newsletter digitally, um, we have links in the newsletter. And there's a lot of organizations out there that have, um, come to the meetings, and they have reached out and said, yes, this is great. We really need this resource um, from all walks of life, from all different uh, areas. Yeah, in, in especially the if you're, yes, if you're working in the community and you're in, in either the hospital, the schools, um, really any work. I mean, this is a great resource to just have by your phone. 
Yeah, and the mm-hmm. schools are. At, you mentioned the schools. We have the Reach for Hope, the the Hope Squads. I was amazed to learn that there's over like I don't even know how many kids 700. now. Seven hundred. Seven hundred kids that are <laughs> yeah. actually being trained under the QPR, and they're there yeah. to help be peer and just peers mentors to try to help through the school system with that, so that we can get to our youth as well. Yeah. Yeah, the Hope Squad are in all the high schools, mm-hmm. um, and they're a group of kids that have been chosen, um, that have volunteered, but have also been chosen to kind of be the eyes and the ears of the school, and, and they're people that are really easy to talk to, so that if the kids are not feeling up to it or so good, they, they know they have a peer to go to. Yeah, and that's... It's- really important for people to know that there's someone out there that's going to listen to them. It's been really successful in preventing quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'd just like to thank you, Claudine, for, um, you know, putting your writing skills and your knowledge and your experience to good use. And uh, I think you're really making a difference out there. So thank you for your service to our community. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it's really awesome. And we'd also like to thank our community partners out there for their help in providing help and resources. Um, which are uh, the Utah Suicide Prevention Coalition, the Live On and Southwest Behavioral Health, as well as thanking the city of St. George and Intermountain St. George Regional Hospital for putting up billboards this month in raising awareness for suicide prevention. Um, because without our partners, we can't get that message out uh, that, that there's reach for hope. You know, there's always hope. And that's what's what's so important about this. So thanks for joining us. And thank you for joining us. And we hope that you get that message out there to help others who may need it. So thanks for all you do. Thanks for watching. And please share this with someone else. Have, hope you have a great rest of your day. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call or text the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988 because you matter and there is always hope.